Careful. That's the last one. What is it? The cure. If you take it before you feed, you'll turn back into your old self. Now would be the time for any questions. Do you guys kill people? Indiscriminately. Innocent people? I'd say it's like 80-20. You know, we try to target the trolls, the privileged and their apathetic trust fund kids, but we're not a movement. We're a terrorist organization at best. So you were gonna kill me? Yes. Why? People you're attracted to taste better? I don't want to kill people. Too bad. Knock it off. The world's a meat grinder, kid. Especially if you're a woman. I don't think you need a PowerPoint presentation to know that one's true. We're politically, socially, and mythologically fucked. Our roles are secondary. Our bodies suspect, alien, other. We're made to be monstrous, so let's be monsters. Let's be gods. What we offer here is not the chance to join a group, but the chance to truly be an individual. That's the pitch. How have you been? I've been pretty good. Um, not much, working a bunch. Uh, got a couple of days off from work, so I'm excited to get to fly down to Los Angeles uh, and go to the screening. And that's happening on the 26th, which is tomorrow? It's hap- uh, yeah, it's happening on Friday, and then there is an encore screening on Saturday. Is there going to be any kind of Q&A or anything after the screening, or are they just showing film after film? Um, I think there is a Q&A. There has been the last couple ones. I'm not entirely sure. I'm just excited to go. <laughs> uh, how did you get associated with BID? How did how'd that all go down? Yeah, so I got into BIT um, just because I was living in Maine. I was going to school at the time. And I just got um, the sides for the audition, just pretty much like any other audition I've been doing. And I did a self-tape. Um, and I sent it in, and Vlad contacted me, and he was like, absolutely loved what you did. Um, you're my first choice. And then I was out to... Uh, dinner with my mom and my brother on Mother's Day, and um, he texted me and he said that I got the part. Um, so it was really uh, a really surreal process, but I guess surreal in that it didn't, it wasn't anything um, necessarily out of the ordinary. Um, but then after that, I'd just been on the, I'd talk on the phone with Brad, and he'd tell me more about the project and tell me more about Laurel and just hearing what he wanted to do with this movie and hearing what he wanted to do with this character um, and how passionate he was about that and about telling this story was really what kind of drew me more into it Um, because it was just kind of unlike anything that I'd read for before. So I was really, really lucky. Um. What was the most appealing part of of the character or the story in total that really drew you in? I think first of, I think most importantly, um, it's cool. It's a cool movie. It's a really cool character. 
Um, I mean, who doesn't want to spend, you know, a month filming being covered in blood? Um, (laughs) So, but I think what was so spectacular about the character was that she is, and about all the characters, and she's not, um, she's not afraid to not be likable. Like, in writing her, Brad was very um, comfortable in making, in allowing Laurel to make choices that weren't necessarily good choices. Mm-hmm. Laurel is the protagonist of the film, but she's not, she's not a good guy. For me, she's not a good guy. She's not a bad guy. She's, uh, she's a teenager. Mm-hmm. And she makes choices that teenagers would make. She is driven by this desire to help people, but, you know, she's also kind of, there's uh, there's this one scene, um, I feel like that kind of sums up Laurel's character perfectly, where she sees this drunk girl on the side of the road, and she kind of begrudgingly is like, oh, do you have a cab, do you have an Uber, are you okay? Um, and the girl gets up and she asks for a cigarette and for a lighter, and Laurel gives it to her, and then she tries to kill her. Uh, so Laurel kind of dances on both sides of the, of I guess the good and bad, and th- that's just what I really liked about her was that she wasn't, a, you know, just kind of doughy-eyed going to Los Angeles. Um, and then also the fact that her character arc was just completely outside of her transness. That. You know, bit takes place after Laurel has transitioned, after, you know, all the drama that comes with that in her hometown. And this story really takes place out of Laurel just wanting to get away from all that. And so there really isn't, there wasn't a place in the movie for her to have this crisis about gender because that is a crisis that has already been had and that's a crisis she does not want to talk about. Instead, she gets to have a crisis over uh, being a murderer. Uh, do you think that's something that that movies need to look at going forward is that the identity of the person should not be the main selling point. It should be the overall character arc. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because people don't have just one identity that defines them. Nobody mm-hmm. is just, just the trans character. There are a million and one facets to who a person is. And I think it's, important to just be writing trans people like you would write a cisgender character. You would write them with flaws. You would write them with complexity. You would write them with interests and disinterests and have them make good and bad choices and have them be people. Write trans people as people. Um, And that's what Brad did so brilliantly. Um, And that's why I was so, so drawn to the character. Uh, one of the questions I asked Brad uh, when I spoke to him yesterday was about trying to sell this film in, say, the Midwest or the South, where I'm from, mm-hmm. where the ideas, the progressive ideas of, of the West Coast take about like six years to trickle down to the down South. So yeah. trying to sell this movie, how how would you approach an audience of just general moviegoers and say, this is what the movie's about. It's not like anything you've seen before, but can you give it a try? Yeah. I think, you know, there are, there are 
there are different parts that are very loud in the film, and there are different parts that are very kind of subtle. Like Laurel's transness is not something that's ever addressed, and so you're mm-hmm. not going to have somebody go walk away from the movie and feel like, they shoved the transness down our throats. But <laughs> he might walk away from the movie and be like, they shoved the gays down our throats. <laughs> but, but you know, I think, um, you know, this is a part of life. This, this I think, exists. Um, and, you know, it may be... Uh, Maybe being a horror movie is an asset. Maybe more conservative people would be willing to watch the movie if they'd be like, wow, look at those two girls kissing. It really was a horror movie. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. I I think people should just go see the movie because I think it has an important message. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, it kind of, for the majority of the movie, you're following this, because it kind of explores both sides of radical feminism. I think that for the majority of the movie, you're following this under um, Duke's rules in saying that no boys are allowed. And then by the end of the movie, Laurel has kind of stepped in and been like, no, men are allowed. Just nobody can be assholes. As long as you're not an asshole, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or anybody. The point is that you're being civil and you're controlling your goddamn behavior. So it's pretty much the message of the movie is be anti-Twitter. Honestly, be anti-Twitter. <laughs> because, you know, there there are, you know, Duke and uh, Vlad and the Vampire Hunters are all kind of radical extremes of conservatism and progressiveness. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of our characters kind of exist somewhere in between that. And they're pretty much saying, and I feel like kind of throughout the entire movie, it's they're kind of killing everybody who has these crazy agendas. Mm-hmm. Although I guess Duke doesn't die. She just goes in a hole. Because Duke's not the bad guy. Duke has been burned, and her and her radical feminism has come out of, you know, her own experiences. But it's important. I think it's important to remember that, you know, all men are not the enemy. And that's – and uh, Laurel and Mark have that, that conversation on the roof at the end of the movie. She's like – she's like – oh, what if I do turn cool? And she's like, no, it's not going to fucking happen because you're not an asshole. If you're not an asshole, you have nothing to worry about. And I feel like that is one of many of the overarching themes of the movie. I, Nicole, to be very, very honest with you, I do find that very refreshing. Coming from the South, I'm, I'm a burnt-out progressive. After the 2016 election, it just ruined me politically that I just kind of just oh, yeah. gave up. But also we working in the inter- all of us politically. I'm done. I'm, I'm checked out. Why do you think I'm in Canada shooting Supergirl? They're like, hey, do you want to move to Vancouver? I was like, absolutely. Get me away from this mess. But yeah, I was there. I was there two years ago uh, covering Lost in Space and um, uh, Altered Carbon for Netflix. It was beautiful. It was so nice to be out of America for a little bit. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> but 
being someone that that comes from a more conservative background like I do and working in the entertainment industry is incredibly tough. It's very, very tough. So to have people that are that are making these kind of movies and being like, radicalism is not the answer. We need to understand where everyone's point of views are coming from and then just either come to a middle ground or just walk away from each other. <laughs> yeah, well, I think there's... I think there's uh, – trying to find middle ground is in certain areas. Like I feel like a mm-hmm. lot of the time middle ground is used as a conversation to kind of be like, well, hey, um, I think we should – I don't know. Like I've heard, I've heard it kind of like, hey, I think we should throw people in camps. We should throw kids in cages. And then we're like, no, that's bad. Hey, guys, let's meet in the middle. What? No, there's nothing to talk about. Don't – and so I feel like finding a middle ground is, you know, in certain areas that is acceptable. But, you know, there are some things that, you know, we shouldn't, we also shouldn't have to compromise with when yeah. it comes to civil rights, when it comes to human rights, no one should have to settle. Everyone should be allowed their liberties regardless of whatever. Absolutely. Uh, I I live in Florida now, so I see like these radical differences. Like within a 20 mile radius, you go to one town. Yeah. It's it's the most uh, friendly pride place there is. You drive 15, 20 miles north, and you will be shot <laughs> mm-hmm. if you if there are two men or two women holding hands. I found that interesting when I did a small documentary about um, a lesbian couple. Just how eye opening it is that these little clusters exist, but they're gradually getting bigger and bigger and the the bigots are dying off and we're just seeing a better overall situation for everybody with no one mm-hmm. having to compromise themselves or lose their own identities just to give into another person. Everyone's just like, yes, these people yeah. exist. What's mm-hmm. the problem with it? <laughs> yeah. And hopefully as we see the entertainment industry grow and films like Bit come out and people are gradually just finally baby stepping into understanding other lifestyles and other people and other uh, other everything <laughs> just so hard yeah. to encompass everything than than the binary that a lot of people are used to it's absolutely it's i really nice hope that people aren't turned off by the movie just because it is very progressively gay and very you know mm-hmm. unapologetically feminist because even aside from all that it is a freaking cool movie about vampires it is it is lost boys gender swapped and gay. It's awesome. I'd like more reviews to to focus on the part of the story because the ones that I read leading up to these uh, interviews was it was just about the gender identity part of it, and I was like, oh, that's not telling me a lot about the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really her her transness isn't isn't even really about the her the movie is not about her transness. Her character arc is not about her transness. It is mm-hmm. about this girl who goes to Los Angeles who falls in with a group of vampires and then has to struggle with her crisis of conscience conscience. And that's what the movie's about, and it's mm-hmm. set to a brilliant soundtrack. It's a synth soundtrack that we hear in that clip that's uh, been floating around on YouTube, or mm-hmm. is it a 
Okay, so is it all synth, or are there, are there different musical genres in there? No, there's a bunch of different musical genres. Um, there, we have, um, let's see, we have uh, some music from the Death Valley Girls because they make a um, special guest appearance when Mall goes to the Echo. And then there's also um, Rasputin is in it, and uh, let's see, what else? It's, it's really freaking cool. I love the soundtrack. <laughs> Uh, as as far as other films that you have coming up, what what is next on your slate? So next on my slate right now is continuing uh, with season five of Supergirl. I'm up um, in Vancouver right now, um, shooting the the current season, and then as far as I know, I'm pretty much waiting for Brad to call me again. <laughs> I keep hounding <laughs> him with, we're we're waiting for. Uh, for a bit to get picked up so we can do a sequel. <laughs> yeah, well, I was wondering about distribution. He said that nothing had been set in stone yet. Yeah, nothing. N- not, not that I've heard. Okay. Um, as far as right now, it's uh, it's making the uh, festival circuits and hoping somebody somebody wants to distribute it. Aside from making a sequel to Bid, uh, are there any? Are there any roles in particular that you've been really uh, thirsting to go after or uh, any genre in particular or even a passion project that you have that you want to get off the ground? Um, I really I love getting to kind of play the moral ambiguity of Laurel, so I'd really like to kind of explore that more and play more uh, villains, I mm-hmm. feel like would be really fun. Um, as for genre, I'm really kind of open to – most anything. I loved um, doing horror. I loved doing um, action with Supergirl. I'd love to do more uh, kind of fantasy stuff, maybe sci-fi. Uh, kind of anything nerdy, I'm really there for. <laughs> uh, are, there, are there any talks of turning your character into a villain on Supergirl? Uh, not that I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you really wanted to play a villain, that'd probably be the way to push them into <laughs> Yeah, right. Since there always seems to be a flop back and forth with CW shows. They always do that at least once or twice in the season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Nicole, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me today. I, I really appreciate it. I've really been looking forward to uh, for, to doing this interview. Of course. Thank you so much for taking the time. Next couple of days, and we'll link uh, your social media accounts on it and everything. So you'll you'll definitely awesome. know when it's up and going. Awesome. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. You have a good day. Thanks, you too. Thanks. Bye. Bye.